Welcome, Crusaders, to the Nerd Crusade Podcast. This is episode 24. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Secret Invasion Episode 3, Betrayal, and the first episode of The Witcher Season 3. Um, with me, as always, is Courtney. Hello. Uh, and we'll just jump right into it. Uh, Secret right. War, Episode 3. Yes. What would you think? Uh, it's... Definitely catching me. Like I needed that first two episodes, and this third third one really feels. You could see where the direction they're going with. Um, I liked it. I like the the spy stuff. I like the brutality of it. Um, is it going to be predictable? Probably, but I mean, what do you expect from a, a MCU? Uh, franchise nowadays all right so we're halfway through it in it's predictable what, how what do you think this, the big solution is to how nick fury stops the scroll without using the avengers or anything like that i don't know he's going to whip something out of his ass <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we're not going to get any like carol danvers or anyone like that i think it will be just fury and talos and i think they're probably going to expose the scroll to the world and the whole world's going to turn against him somehow. Yeah, I guess they could do. I mean, the world knows aliens exist. They would freak out knowing that there's aliens on Earth. I think. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll go that way because that's almost like going the route of um, the Eternals, where like some yeah. huge event happens that should change the world, and yet nobody else is going. No other storyline or or superhero uh, movie is going to acknowledge that event. Yeah. And, like, if you expose the scroll to the world, then the whole world has to change. It's not going to be an isolated event where, like, they can just ignore it. Well, isn't there a movie coming out? Like, Secret Wars or something? Secret Wars has to do with Spider-Man and, uh, like, the original introduction, like, Venom and a bunch of other stuff. has nothing to do with this. Well, I thought MCU was coming out with a... A Secret War... uh, I think what they have on their list is, like, Thunderbolts. And other stuff that's not related to this. I haven't looked at the list. Yeah, I haven't looked at this while. So I don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna solve. It. I don't. I don't think they're gonna expose the scroll to the world. They may expose them to world leaders who don't know that they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was an interesting uh, episode, mainly because uh, it's how betrayed was all about kind of le- leaking out who's been betraying who and who's on whose side. Um, we find out that. Gaia was the, the whole time working with Talos. It wasn't just um, an upset teenager mad at her father joining the Rebels. Yeah. Uh, the person she was talking to outside the uh, butcher shop was probably Talos, and that she's been his inside agent the entire time. Yep. Uh, that he just basically burned her identity, though, to for them to stop an attack against the UN. Uh, in a kind of ridiculous scenario though where it's like yeah because that was the british military sub well was, we could get into the details yeah it was going to fire upon a u.n plane yeah because they had scrolls in the basically in the in ship sub. yeah in the sub um so it's like <laughs> and they even bring up because like when they start when they get the orders they're like oh it's been verified and the series like no this doesn't make any sense it's the UN why would we blow them up yeah you wouldn't take word of let's one get guy. let's <laughs> let's let's get that let's get that checked again it was basically Crimson Tide uh, plot line where 
in reality, in that movie, Denzel Washington's wrong and they should fire the nukes because it's a verified order yeah. to fire that gets communication gets cut off at. Where they basically go through the same situation but like in a much more condensed like five minute conversation and then <laughs> and then they really expose themselves because when they do finally get the communication out to no cancel the attack and stop it, the guy the scroll tries to turn the key anyway. Yeah, which is like, don't do that, you like, dude. Shit. You just exposed yourself, so they're going to arrest you. Yeah, now you're going to be locked up. And maybe they'll find out he's a scroll, or maybe they won't. Who knows? Um, but basically, in order for them to get that, uh, Talos had to have a guy like blow her cover and get him the information needed to to make that call. Um, which we kind of knew that she was kind of betraying. Uh, was it Gavik? Yes. Gravik? Gravik. Yeah, Gravik. Um, to begin with, um, it's just, it also, it just makes, like, earlier scenes kind of redundant. Like, him mm-hmm. saying that, telling her that, oh, Gravik's people who killed your mother, and her acting surprised by that, it's like, okay, but she's already undercover, why bother have that conversation? That's for our, I, our benefit uh, yeah. as the audience, which or is he bad storytelling. Well, he could have turned her, you know, right then. When they meet up again. Possibly, but I feel like because he was able to just easily call her, hey, I need this information, get it, and she just immediately did it, that the plan from the get-go was that she was undercover. Yeah. Again, if this show was going to be longer than six episodes, uh, they probably could have shown like her turning more and more to- back towards Talos and working with Talos. Then the quick kind of bits in the second episode yeah because this basically just like i said it makes it paint the picture of oh she's always been on his side yeah which, she's been undercover, which, which maybe the i'm guessing wasn't the case okay because i'm thinking yeah the, that was the case and then it comes to bad writing to build suspense when you have to write a scene in that makes no sense why the characters would have this conversation by themselves and it's just for the audience benefit mm-hmm. to throw us on a different like loop which is like you're writing a story about characters in a universe doing something. You don't write a fourth wall breaking scene that's just for the audience to later be like, oh yeah, I was always working with them. It's like, well, then why did you have that conver- fucking conversation? Like, yeah. you already do that then? Like, that, that's not news yeah, to you. that's why I think, uh, you know, after that conversation started looking, you see her uh, deep diving more and more into their archives and uh, secret files to see what Gavik's doing and that starts to turn her back towards her dad yeah, but and I, that's why i think that uh conversation was the first that they had about it and she just started turning so the reason why i disagree with that is because what she was looking at had absolutely nothing to do with when her mother died yeah i agree they should have <laughs> had a scene show that it should have been like maybe they did and they just had to cut it for time yeah I, what i would have done is like have a scene of her looking for something of uh, of operations around her mother's death or something like that for a date and then stumble upon those other people and okay there's a machine he's building mm-hmm. and there's something to do with the Groot uh, alien life form and some other things that they're looking into and like, she doesn't and she's trying to get information on what that is mm-hmm. um, instead of just jumping to her like oh I followed the guy in her room and there's a doctor there who's this doctor oh she's researching this um, kind of breaks up that's that's writing like yeah that's that's like back and forth on, on the specifics of writing and whatnot. As far as the story goes, it is it does capture you more in episode three. They mm-hmm. are doing a lot more spy stuff. 
Uh, there's a little bit of banter between Talos and Fury as they, they kind of repair their relationship. Uh, I think you mentioned the other big problem in this sh- series, though, is the passage of time is not very clear. Yes. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's very blatant in this episode when Talos and Nick Fury meet back up. Yeah, because it literally says, oh, that was yesterday when you kicked me off the train. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, wait, hey, just, wait a second. That's uh, awful. <laughs> a lot's happening in that short amount of time, yeah. Um, the other big thing that ties into the title of this episode is Fury's wife, who yes. we know is a scroll. He knows is definitely a scroll. Um, so that the ending kind of thing is like, does he know? Does he not? Like, they get settled to me, like, oh, no, he knows that she's a scroll. Um, but. Uh, goes into more of his character build of like, hey, he disappeared five years for the blip and then he came back and then he chose to leave for however long it's been. Yeah. Which they don't determinately say. No. How many years it's been or not. It's I'm just that. ever since the blip happened back again. So what has that been? Five, three, five years? At least, f- at least five Four? years since he disappeared. When they came back, I don't know how much time has passed. Yeah. Maybe a year or two years. Um, because last time we saw Nick Fury was far from home, which was like right after the blip and people came back. Yeah, but that was Talos. Yeah, so. and that was... And Nick Fury was so up at the station. The time frame from there was what, another, uh, was, it was maybe six, eight, six months, months or a year after the blip? No, it was six months after the blip, because that's what they said in okay. Far From Home. And then Nick Fury was up in the, ga- already, up in the already. S- space station. Yeah. We haven't seen him since, and since we've had what, um... No Way Home, uh, The Multiverse of Madness, and Quantum Mania, right? Yeah. And I don't. I think Quantum Mania might have a time frame of how long it's been, but I don't remember what they, what he says in that. But a few, I would say a couple, few, few years at least have, have yeah. passed. Because Nick Fury comes back, gets put in charge of Swords Space Station for intergalactic defense or whatnot. That's where he's been the whole time. But his whole conversation with his wife is that, like, he chose to leave because basically I think this whole show is going to be at the character arc of Fury, like, going from being completely broken to start that he can't defend Earth at all because of what happened with Thanos. And that even building a giant space station for galactic defense isn't going to do shit against what might be out there. Yeah. Considering it was, like, I'm sure he was briefed on what happened, which was, like, yeah, a guy with, with six magic rocks snapped his fingers and y'all died. <laughs> Like, okay, well, you haven't got to, like, Galactus, the guy that actually eats planets just for fucking dinner. <laughs> or other major villains in the MCU that ha- that haven't popped up yet. Yeah. Or even uh, Kang, who we've been introduced to, but the real threat that he, he poses hasn't even really come to light yet either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not somebody Nick Fury or even, like... Black Widow or anyone or any like person without superpowers can even can even deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of this, he'll get his resolve back to where he's back to like figuring out ways to defend Earth. Earth is what I'm expecting. But that's why we had the scene with the wife saying, "Hey, she mourned for him, and now she's pissed at him because he fucking left by choice, and she went back to doing her spy thing before she met him, basically." Um, yeah. Which basically hints that yeah, she worked for Gravik. Yeah, and even he kind of suspects it. And at the end, it's kind of it's confirmed that when she gets called over to a safe deposit box to pick up a gun and to go somewhere, and she asks, "I want to speak to Gravik," and they refuse to tell her. Yeah, that's kind of where it ends. But it's like that's this is also where I see 
see cracks in writing where it's like they're mm-hmm. they're amateur writers where it's like who keeps a gun in a safe deposit box? It's fucking stupid. What happens if the bank fucking shutters? <laughs> <laughs> like I've had a safe deposit box at a Washington Mutual Bank. Yeah. That bank went under. What happened to my safe deposit box? Well, they should have contacted you so you get your shit back. Yeah, I never got contacted. Oh. So like, well, hopefully you didn't have anything important in there. Didn't have anything important in it. At Alex, I had already like uh, took the took what was, the stuff worth money in, in it out, but I still had the box. Was your birth certificate in there? <clears throat> no, no, no. Oh, okay. It's like bonds or something. Oh. Um, but at the point, the point is, is that like if you're gonna have to have a a secret weapon or, or an unlicensed weapon to hide on a spy, they don't hide it in a fucking safe deposit box. No, because only the people that are signed on to open that box are are like one or two people, maybe four max, and those people have a key. And you see their sign-in logs with it. Yeah, and that's and it's a trope in spy movies. She's like, Born Identity does it. A bunch of other like spy stuff. It would make more sense if it was like a locker at a train station or something. Yeah, something that's like can easily be maintained that it's still there. That hasn't been destroyed. It's being in use. That type of stuff. Not a safe deposit box at a bank that you're never going to be going to because you're never going to need to go get it until you've been activated to do so. Yeah. And it just seems silly because it's like... Again, like every bank, even this one, like she gets a, a guy gets a box for it, and she has to, like, all right, get the fuck out. You're not supposed to see what's in the box. Yeah, just stand shoo, here. Shoo. And then okay, I pulled out a gun. All right, what am I gonna do? Put it in my fucking purse. Well, she didn't bring a purse big enough to hold a gun. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> fucking stupid. Well, she did bring a purse big enough because yeah. she knows the contents of the fucking box. Or does she? Because she was surprised to see that there was a gun. Well, that's stupid. See, that's that's the thing is yeah. that with with the safe deposit box, it's a really it's just a spy trope that's been in books and movies before. But when you really think about it, it's not a way to hide just a Glock, like like a what is a forty five? Yeah, probably a forty five Glock. Like that, you could have hit it on a rock in the backyard. That'd be a better place for it to be. Exactly. <laughs> than in a bank downtown where she was clearly being followed uh, as to where she went. Um. As you said, it's traceable, too, because you have to sign in, sign out for, like, oh, why'd she go here? Oh, she went here. She opened up this deposit box. What was in it? Well, we don't know, but there's something in there that she wanted. Okay. So then you can trace back who opened that deposit box and when and where, and it probably traces back to Gravik and all that other shit. Yeah. So bad. that's just, like, bad bad writing, I think. I think it's uh, amateurs coming in and writing stuff. especially her shock of, oh, it's a gun in here. It's like, oh, no shit, Sherlock, there's a gun in it. But... Clearly, uh, we see that basically they've set up that it's going to be Nick Fury and Talos. Maybe Guy, because it does end with a cliffhanger. Not really a cliffhanger, but they want us to think that Guy is dead. Yeah. Uh, Gravik. Shoots her. Yeah, figured out this whole operation with blowing up the UN plane was... Just a, was a mole, It was a mole hunt, basically, yeah. to figure out who the traitor was. He already knew who it was her because he's already had that came up to her earlier in the episode of the conversation trying to accuse her of letting them know where the uh, safe house was, mm-hmm. which maybe she did um, with that phone call, and then Talos called the cops to, to hit it. But, like, when you go up to somebody in your organization and you accuse them and then they give you a reason why they're not and then you pretend to believe them, you've basically already outed that I think you're their traitor. Yeah. And so, like, there's one reason why she probably had no problem with, okay, I'm going to blow my cover, do all this immediately, and then leave. Because it's like, clearly, they've already suspected me. Yeah. But Gravit catches her as she's leaving the compound, uh, shoots her, we hear, and I think they they also show that 
She's what, been shot. She's been shot, and when scroll die, they turn back into their scroll form. But nothing to say that I got shot, I'll just turn into my scroll form, and they'll think I'm dead. Exactly. So that's why I think what's happening is that she's playing dead, because Amelia Clark's too, expe- too good an actress to wait too for expensive. four three episodes. <laughs> Um, considering she's also listed for six episodes, so she's probably not dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, so, IMDb. So, I'm sure the next episode she's going to be real that she's not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what happens there. I, mean, my, I would say is that it's predictable in, like, the play-by-play spy stuff. Yeah. But the end game, not But, so like, much. how, what the major solution is, unless you've read the comics, which I haven't, I have no idea... How Nick Fury single-handedly stops the scroll with just him, Talos, and Gaia. We have no idea what other resources he has at his disposal, whether his wife is actually a double agent. Um, it's very clear that I'm pretty sure he bugged his wife's phone, so he knows oh, what the fuck's 100%. going on. Oh, 100%. It'd be stupid for him not to. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens from there. Um And as far as like, a Marvel show, like, again, this isn't as good as WandaVision was. No, that's um, still top... I, I would say WandaVision and Loki are still top two. But as real as for like a realistic, like we don't really have super superpowers. Um, People, well, alien shapeshifty, and that's. Super- well, I mean, I would say like this is more comparable to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, where like the Falcon doesn't have superpowers, he just has his, his wings and now he has the shield, right? Thing, yeah. Like he's never been given a super serum. Right. So he's really just a dude with with technology, but not as high tech as Iron Man. Yeah. Well, you had Bucky there. So and you have Bucky. You have Bucky there, who's who is a super soldier. But this is more on par with like we're trying to play in realistic worlds and realistic uh, uh, events. Mm-hmm. This is doing it better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but yeah. um, a more entertaining show is obviously Loki and uh, WandaVision. Yeah. Um. So, what is, like I said, it's still fun to watch. I still think every, uh, every week is going to be worth watching an episode. Um. And we'll be back next week with what's going on with the next episode. Um. Like I said, we didn't go like play by play on this one like we kind of normally do because there really isn't anything that happens in this episode other than a mole hunt. Yeah. Um. With a guy got got with a very <laughs> obvious it. conclusion of like, okay, here's who's betraying who. Um. There's no, like, oh, my God, this is what the real plan is. Because we still don't know. They still have possible nuclear weapons. Uh, The U.K. shooting down a U.N. airplane. Would that start World War III? No. A bomb going off in a highly public area in Russia. Would that start World War III? No. Like, these are little things that, like, yeah, they're going to cause issues. But they're not yet pushing to the point where, like, okay, one country is going to go full force after another. Yeah. And I think the next episode, they need to really push that ev- like a big event to set off like a world war three yeah we have to get some revelation the, the only other big revelation in this episode is that when talos did have his parlay with gravik um oh, which yeah. literally led to nothing other than showing that gravik was a war hungry willing to get his people killed for the for the praise of winning a war um which really like he doesn't paint his character as being smart. He paints his character as just being impulsive, yeah, and angry and all that. Um, that he has the power to rehabilitate, and the way he did it was very reminiscent of the Mandarin in uh, Iron Man Three. Mm. Um, which the machine that they're building was supposed to do something to make the scroll better or make them super scrolls. 
there are there was stuff in the comics about how uh, there were scrolls that could take uh, different superheroes' powers and that they could change change them. And that Gravik's goal is to make the scroll into like the Avengers superheroes and let them change from power to power if they want to. Um, Talos stabs him in the hand and basically pulls a Will Smith and says, "Take my daughter's mouth name out of your mouth." Oh God! Uh, which is again yeah. shows the the skill of the writing staff there on some of, on some of their uh, wordplay. Yeah, uh, he pulls his hand through the knife and then you see his hand heal. Uh, so we know that Gravik's used the machine to some extent, uh, which might be why they were looking at Groots and some other anim- uh, alien creatures that can regenerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't know what hundred percent it is that tr- that he's trying to do, what powers they're trying to get. Um, but that's obviously Gravik's trump card is they'll have superhero scroll that would be able to overpower the humans. And if the Avengers show up, either they'll be able to go head to head with them. Nick Fury's game is play is to obviously fi- uh, solve this before having to get any superheroes involved, which would cause even more, more, issues. more issues and mass damage. Yeah. So we'll have to see where it goes. I think that's be the interesting part is how does Nick Fury, as one man with a very little resources, uh, save the day without having to use a superhero to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Still worth watching. Still going to watch the rest of it unless you know what's going on. All right. Up next is The Witcher Season 3. We've only actually watched one episode. The whole thing's out. Or not the whole thing, but the first five episodes. Yep. The first half's out. Second half Second half is only three episodes, and that comes out on July 27th. Yeah. On July 27th. Um, Looking back at all the other seasons, all the seasons have been eight episodes. Uh, This one just came out five in June, and the last three at the end of this month. Watch the first episode, uh, which is trying to fix a bunch of bullshit that they writers wrote in the, in the second season, which has been the kind of the sentiment is like the first season of Witcher a lot of people like, but there but the complaint was like there wasn't enough Witcher, yeah, or enough witching happening. The witching, yeah, and then season two they basically fucked everything <laughs> by giving us this stupid concept that Yennefer uh, didn't know what she was going to lose when she got her magic powers, although they flat out told her exactly what the fuck was going to yeah. happen. She actually watched it happen to somebody else, I think, before it happened to her. And then she loses her powers, gets her powers kind of back from a witch, but has to kill Siri to do so, which Siri, Joel, and Yennefer's relationship is supposed to be a, as a family. Like, Joel and her raising Siri. But that's not the case. That's not the case at all. And so we have to start the first episode, like the first half of it being Yen trying to apologize for what she did and, yeah. get, and get Gerald's trust back, which literally doesn't really happen until like towards the end. And it's done through the stupid like letters communication thing she does with like, dear friend, I want you to know this, 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 and Siri needs to train more. I'm going to train her, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, you should stop, uh, you know, hunting with her and let her rest. And it's like, yeah, that's not gaining his trust. You're just being an asshole. Yeah. Uh, the one good thing about this episode was like all the fighting that uh, he does in it is fucking yes. top notch, and the filming of it is very well done, and the editing is great because it's not choppy, 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 choppy editing for every little punch and sword swipe. It's not choppy; it's smooth. You stay on the action. There was a couple, just one uh, camera shots of like a full. Uh, I will call it a ballet of fighting. And it was wonderful. It was great. And also costume design 
top notch yet again. I would say the only thing, and it might be because when I played Witcher Three, I I went for the School of the Cat, which is the fastest one. Oh, and, I, I was. It's there. a lot. Of, it, it's a lot of like sword twirling and yeah. stuff. Um, but even as you when you start, you're kind of School of the Wolf, which is what he is. But the way you fight in the game is not at all how they're fighting in the show. Oh no, 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 no. That, um, that's what you kind of have to separate your mind. It would be interesting if it was. Because like, <laughs> the way he fights in the show I think is better. Because like, he's using yeah. sword techniques that I've never seen before that you don't normally see. Because you would train somebody to grab the base of the blade or just swing it around the way he's cutting throats and whatnot. Yeah. But um, what I thought also was really good in that fight scene at the end was that it wasn't just good sword play back and forth like it was in the first season mm-hmm. you got to see him use the signs in battle as well yes as far as like i'm def- as the deflection bubble or the push mm-hmm. i don't think he used flames at all but he used, not this he time. used at least those two which are like which i use flames a lot which <laughs> yeah definitely brings back like that's the gameplay of the game like you're going to be using quick buttons for this uh these signs to give yourself defense or uh push people away mm-hmm and it's done very well. We and they definitely yeah, Henry Cavill is a badass as a girl, a girl. very sexy badass. Yes, um, because cool. even like when he realizes he's off fighting uh one of the main guys after mm-hmm. they after and while Jen's holding a portal open, he realizes he needs to get the fuck out. He literally just like fuck it, breaks the guy's hands and then ditches yes. and then leaves. Like literally breaks his wrist and then jumps through the portal <laughs> and, and goes back to the fight. And the guy's standing there like, oh my god! It's like, yep, that's... yeah. Is like, all right, I'm done fucking with you. I gotta leave. So he like, I'll stop you from doing magic and takes off. Um, so it's done very well. Um, I think the dwarven uh, uh, friend of his, it's also yeah. in the game as well, um, is done very well. That guy, yeah, who acts, the actor's really good. Yeah, the guy who acts as him is really, really well, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, <laughs> just how frank he is. Yeah, uh, Graham McTavish. No, yeah. That's not him. No, no it's not Graham McTavish. No, it no, no. Is... That was Dijkstra, dude. Yes, Dijkstra. Oh, yeah. You see Dijkstra again. Uh, might be this guy. Uh, we're looking up on IMDb. Yeah, so Hold. it might be Tom Canton. I think that might be the dwarf. Or is it Lars McKinson? Uh, oh, no, there he is. Jeremy, Jeremy Crawford. There. There's Jarpin, yeah. He does a great job of, like, breaking the tension through all the kind of BS of, like, oh, are you two fucking again? <laughs> yeah. And, like, um, just trying to, like... Lighten bring, the mood. Lighten the mood, yeah. Because um, it's also weird that, like, a Jasker who is the bard mm-hmm. isn't Dandelion. Like, why did you change the name from Dandelion to, to Jasker? Uh, the writers don't make any sense. And that's, that's the thing. Like, right that's now... That's the problem with the show. Like I said, we've only seen the first episode, even though the first five are out. A lot of people who probably binge watched the whole thing are saying, "Yeah, uh, The Witcher's dead. <laughs> like nobody is going to care about this show." And mainly, I think, yeah, after this season, nobody's going to care about it after Henry Cavill leaves, and and mainly because of his reasoning of, "Yeah, the writers are trying to do their own thing, and they're not following the source material." And his thing was very much, "I want to follow the source material mm-hmm. because that's what we're doing." And the showrunners are deciding not to. It's like... It's very frustrating. Yeah, because you have writers who are like, told, okay, we're going to do this TV show it's based, based off, off these, these books. books and But the- hey, go ahead and put your own stamp on it. And it's like, no, you can't do that when you have a source material thing. If you're going to make an original concept, like Willow, where it's like, all right, here's the concept. Continue the story. 
put your, they put your own stamp on it, and yeah, that yeah. either works or it doesn't work. And it did not work for Willow because it's gone. Yeah, they got rid of Willow. Like they even delisted it. Um, which I still think Willow is a fun show to watch. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's not as horrible as everybody said it was. Um, but Witcher after this season, I mean, after Kendrick Cavill leaves, I don't nobody's think anyone's going to nobody's going to watch it. Yeah, because everybody hated the prequel story that was supposed to be based off of a book. That was completely done wrong, supposedly. The guy who was who wrote that has had like I guess two movies canceled, and um, basically people don't like what he's done with Star Trek, uh, but they only like the fact that he, his only one win is Picard season three, apparently, mm. which apparently he had nothing to do with. <laughs> uh, it was more so people. It was more because I see that series that that season, which I haven't watched all of. It, I've seen the highlight clips of it. Being, well, this is what Picard was supposed to be, right? Like, bring back all the old cast and Picard have him go on an adventure again. Yeah, like, one that last adventure. Like, why doesn't that happen till season three? What the fuck? Yeah. But season three has been of Picard's been being praised, um, but apparently this guy didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so who knows? I mean, this is almost like um, I kind of feel about it like the way I feel about the guys who wrote the Game of Thrones TV show. As yeah. soon as they lost their source material. They don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And they it was very clear in like season six, s- was it seven and eight. Seven and eight, yeah. Yeah, the last two seasons of uh, Game of Thrones was utter garbage because <laughs> those guys had no idea what the fuck to do with any of the characters, how to write it, where to go, and it being given only light notes from uh, the author, from the author, from the author, uh, let them and let them kind of go their own way because he was going to make the books be different anyway. Uh, they completely yeah. fucked it up. For him, uh, it must have been great because he's like, all right, cool. I know not to do this. He's like, perfect, not do this way do, or do this, but twist it a little better. Yeah, so George R. R. Martin will ha- probably have a much better ending to his series. If he I, finishes. If he ever gets to it. Um, but, like, with The Witcher, I don't see them going to the Wild Hunt by the end of this episode or the end of this season. Yeah. I Who knows where they're going to end up being. I think it's going to be... I mean, looking at the episode titles, like, episode three is Reunion. So, like, at the end of this episode, they all split up again. Yeah. Where Yennefer takes Siri off somewhere so she can learn magic. And uh, Geralt's going elsewhere to... Well, to fight that uh, sorcerer <clears throat> To fight guy. the sorcerer and finally get him off their back. But, and we see that, you know, Nilfgaard is like, yeah, he wants his daughter back. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of where season, where Witcher 3 starts with, like... Geralt, like, searching for Siri or searching for Jennifer, who then turns into for him searching for Siri. Uh, but they're not going to get to yeah. the Wild Hunter right? or the conclusion of If they what do, it's there. going to be super rushed. Because they got another season planned, too. So yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Um, well, we'll find out in episodes two through five. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect to see the same storyline that we saw in the games, but I at least expect to see, all right, the Wild Hunt's going to show up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But probably towards the end of this season, I would assume because they're going to they're going to squeeze another season out of it. They take they I would say they yeah. need to jump to the Wild Hunt for season four. Otherwise, they're not going to have a show to do it with because nobody's going to be watching this with Henry Cavill out of the out of the picture. No. Um, and the fact that they've been trying to turn it around that Henry Cavill's been toxic and all that hasn't really worked because he doesn't really talk shit about anything. He just says they weren't going with the source material, and that's why he signed on. So that's why he left. Um. That's the problem with all of everybody's giving criticism to uh, The Witcher. 
are the same people who criticize like Indiana Jones. They criticize um, Star Wars and like Kathleen Kennedy and all that shit. And all that stuff, they're kind of wrong. Like Kathleen Kennedy's been working with Luke, with Lucasfilm like since the get go. Mm-hmm. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark, she was a producer on that movie, dude. Yeah. So like them throwing the blame of uh, Last Jedi and uh, it's latest Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, and uh, even like some of the stuff people don't like about the Star Wars shows. Yeah. They've all been blaming her, but like not. Uh, it's not J.J. Abrams. I would say J.J. Abrams, <laughs> and then that would have been interesting. Like, like, why aren't you blaming the director? They were blaming the director for Last Jedi for a while. The guy who did Knives Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he had he had the story going to an interesting place, and then the last Star Wars movie was garbage from J. And that's J.J. Abrams and everyone else's fault for fucking retconning all the shit. They hate people yeah. hate the solo movie, but I don't know why. The solo movie I think is actually really good, mm-hmm. um, and it may and it fits in the universe. I don't know why everybody's like that movie's garbage. Where I thought it was done very well. It sucks for the actor who played Han because he thought he was gonna have a big career and it just did not happen. Yeah. Um, well, he played uh, Elvis in the Elvis uh, movie. Uh, the most recent, recent one. I yeah. Think he played Elvis. Yeah, he was Elvis. Let's look this on the on the IMDb. Well, it's proved me wrong yet again. Let's. Get a tally rolling. Because that does not look like him at all. Well, it's called makeup, my dude. Tom Hanks. There. Austin, Austin Butler. Butler. He is not solo. Let's look up solo. Because the guy in solo was in that other movie where he like was we... in uh, Cocaine Bear, which he literally looked like he was upset about not being a movie star. Because his name is Alan... Alan Ehrenrich. Ah. Yeah, so he's definitely not Elvis. Well, he could have been. If he only had a better role. Positive. Well, where was he then? Like, where... What's he been up to? Uh, Well, that was... That's what he's known for. Hail Caesar, Star Wars. uh, Which, Hail Caesar, I don't even fucking remember, man. Hail Caesar was a good movie. Mm -hmm. Beautiful Creatures, he was the lead in that. Then Solo's basically his big movie. Um, he was Eddie and Cocaine Bear, God. which is most recent, and then Shadow Brother Sunday. He plays a character, and that movie probably isn't released. Yeah, yet. It's a short at that. So like his career it went just nowhere. Halted shit, poor guy. Yeah, yeah he has two upcoming. What's the two upcoming ones? He's, oh, an, he's an Oppenheimer. Oh, huh? And he's an Ironheart. But who is he in Oppenheimer? Did he even say? Oh, you. Uh, I'm it doesn't say. Maybe they're high. Oh, they don't have a, have a character name for him because the movie's not out yet. Yeah. But hopefully yeah, that right. helps his career because, like... He was good in Solo. Solo was good. I thought he did a good job. And the fact that people shit on it basically fucked his career. Yes. And people blame Kathleen Kennedy for that. And it's like... No. No. It's, it's this weird shit about people blaming women in film. It's like, she's not a new player. She's not... Didn't she's just come out of this. Around since the 80s yeah she's been working with spielberg and lucasfilm their entire career so it's not like she's out of the blue um but like that's why i mentioned it because people who don't like the witcher bring up a lot of the same stuff complaints that people have with with those movies and all that stuff is all focusing on you're making the female leads too much too important it's like all right get over your bullshit let's look at the actual writing and stuff the witcher has major problems for sure and it's, but it's not um, because 
a woman is involved with it, it's because the writers are shit. Yeah. And it's not... Be- it all comes down to writing. And it's not because of some woke agenda that the that the female characters need to be written better than they originally were. Yennefer and Triss and Siri were all written as strong, independent women to begin with. Yeah. Um, without very, making it very clear in their lives that they don't need Geralt for, to save them for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part... Witcher 2, Triss uses Geralt for throughout, throughout the whole thing. Like, he has to realize, oh, wait, you I'm fucking used. lied to me, um, and I had a, I was in love with Yennefer this whole time. What the fuck, bitch? Yeah. So, I mean, they do definitely do their part <laughs> in those characters being written well. I just think it's new writers trying to, like, I need to make my mark by writing writing this on. This is how I think the story should go. How about you write good fucking dialogue? Yeah. Start with, and then you can try to do your own thing. Yeah, or write your own fucking story and pitch yeah. and sell that. But they can't do anything right now because there's a strike, so, so <laughs> nobody's working. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, when the strike's over, they um, come back with some better dialogue. So we'll try and watch a few more episodes of Witcher. I don't can't guarantee that we'll get through the whole thing before next week, but we'll at least watch another episode or two. We're kind of dragging it out because just have something to watch. Um, cause after, after a secret, secret invasion, invasion, there's not a whole lot going on until what we see Oppenheimer and Barbie this month. Hell yeah. Um, so we'll go see those and we'll give you, you a on review stuff. on Barbie. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah. Cause it's something interesting. I also want, would like to see Mission Impossible. When's that coming out? Uh, that should be coming out soon. I believe. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, well that's coming uh, out. This Wednesday. There you go. Yeah. So. That we get to see, uh, whatever. Tom, um, and we'll go from there. So <laughs> you can catch us at uh, www.nerdcrusade.com. You can listen to our podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts at, because we're on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, everything. Just look up the Nerd Crusade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Twitch. Uh, usually streaming very various different games. Right now, we're going through uh, La Noir. Um, we'll definitely, and definitely just started, uh, Resident Evil 3, and we'll be going through tons of stuff, definitely, uh, Starfield when it comes out and, and whatnot. Yay. Um, but we will, uh, catch you there. Come watch our streams, uh, every week and, mm-hmm. uh, come hang out with us at the podcast every week. All right. Uh, we will catch you later and, uh, please like and subscribe and let us know what you think. Bye.